Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From Studio City, California, this is The Three Things on the Napsock Files podcast feed. I'm your host, Ken Napsock, for another edition of the show about me talking to you about three things of something that is on my mind. Today, I'm recording on the morning of the big game because I can't say it is super nor a bowl because if I said those words together, I'd have to pay the NFL. But we're recording before the big game, before kickoff of the big game. And I felt I wanted to talk about sports. This is the three things I love about sports. That's right. If you listen to me, especially over the last year, you might say, Ken likes sports? He's, he's Star Wars, he's Game of Thrones, he's G.I. Joe, he's Robotech. Star Wars again, he's all professional wrestling, not quite a sport. Sports entertainment. Ken likes sports. Yes, I do. I just don't talk about it as much anymore. Uh, I am a huge sports guy, particularly baseball. I do love football, do love hockey. Uh, no basketball, no college sports, but uh, uh, definitely a baseball guy. It is in my blood, and uh, I don't talk about it as much because, well, sports, I definitely can admit that the passion that I once had for sports is uh, not as great as it once was. Something about getting older and more important things uh, in life, uh, rearing their ugly heads, and uh, sports just has its place, but I love sports. And I get kind of touchy, and I get kind of defensive when a lot of my friends from the nerd community go out of their way to attack sports. The divisive uh, uh, nature of, uh, of, of that is not something I'm a fan of. Um, it is just throwing back what you felt in high school. I know where it comes from because I was there too. I was a nerd. And when that, met, that, that meant something a little different back then, uh, I was a nerd. I was a geek. I was picked on. I was made fun of for liking Star Wars. No girls like me because I like Star Wars because very few girls in my hometown – like Star Wars, or could admit to liking Star Wars. So I wasn't one of the cool kids. I was picked on, too. I wasn't good at sports. And I didn't really like sports until about the sixth grade. So I get where all that comes from, and now as an adult professional nerd, a lot of you uh, out there might feel the need to call it sports ball, or ball sports, or make fun of it, uh, and go out of your way to be snarky about it. Yeah, go out of your way to downgrade it. I get where that comes from. But I uh, am so entrenched in the professional nerd community here in uh, L.A. in the entertainment uh, business that uh, you start to see the same cycles just form. So the people grew up who grew up hating sports and being picked on for not watching sports but liking uh, Star Wars, or I keep going to Star Wars, that's my prime example, but any kind of uh, thing could be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, doesn't matter. Uh, they kind of formed their own cliques and posses, and now I've been at parties where... If I'm the guy who likes the Super Bowl, oh, I almost said it. If I'm the guy who likes watching the big game, uh, I'm the one picked on again. It's just a repeating cycle. 
Can't we all get along? It was my good friend Tim Powers that first very clearly pointed out to me. Tim grew up a, and still is, obsessive fan of comic books and all things nerd, and the monkeys, and also a sports fan, a St. Louis Cardinal fan to his core. It was Tim who pointed out on one of my podcasts a couple years ago, it's the same muscle. It's the same muscle. So if you uh, if you love Batman, and Batman's your favorite fictional character, or walking around, your hero in a, in a costume, in a uniform, that's the same muscle that's rooting for Derek Jeter, the non-fictional but kind of fictional captain of the New York Yankees wearing his uniform with the number two on it. It's the same muscle. It serves the same purpose. And I'm not saying you have to like sports. This is not about this. It's just me on this day kind of saying... I mean, it's not a bad thing. And sports are important. Sports generate a lot of jobs and money for reasons. Yes, I believe teachers and firemen, policemen and nurses and doctors, well, not doctors, uh, should get paid more. But guess what? There's only a few people in the world that can hit a baseball 500 feet. So they should get that money. I've never been one who worries too much about what professional athletes get paid. It's something I can't comprehend. If I could kick 50-yard field goals, I would have loved to have been an NFL kicker. Uh, I could kick 20-yard field goals. You're not going to pay me to do it. And I'm certainly not here to defend the behavior of diva athletes, the troubled athletes, uh, and, it's a, and, it's, and it's a dangerous culture at times, uh, elevating young kids to the status of heroes and paying them lots of money. It's, it's, a, it's a setup for failure sometimes. Uh, I'm not here to dive into that or delve into that. That's a society problem. Happens with young movie stars too, by the way. Now I'm here to talk about the three things I love about sports. And maybe you love them too. The first thing, number three, working to one, is the shared community in history. It's the same thing with Star Wars fans or Game of Thrones fans. I just had that the other day with one of my senior vice presidents from that company. We, Oh, you, you like Game of Thrones? Oh, I do like Game of Thrones. Blah, blah, blah. We talked for 40 minutes. It happens. But sports has that too. The connection between my late uncle uh, that I had over baseball history was something that was immeasurable, especially now that he's passed away. At 12, 13 years old, I'd sit there with him and I'd pull out a deck of uh, uh, trading cards that had trivia questions on the back. And I'd sit there and just, we'd test each other on baseball trivia. And it's once you're into something, whether it might be basketball, hockey, doesn't matter the sport, football, anything, doesn't matter. Once you get into it, there is a immediate shared community of memories, of inside jokes, of pop culture. And baseball particularly spans time baseball, Ray. Um, and you're immediately plugged into that. And I love the history of these things. If you haven't watched the documentary from Ken Burns, simply called Baseball, you should do yourself a favor and check that out. Because so much of American modern history can be traced through baseball. That's why that speech at the end of Field of Dreams is so accurate and so right back in 1989. You can trace so much through the history of baseball uh, and it, it is an immediate connective thread. Mark Ellis and Josh McCuga and I can speak in generalities of, of, over sports by making a reference to the 1982 Super Bowl or uh, the 1993 World Series. It's, it's a fun thing when you have that group. And again, it's the same thing. It's the same muscle. might be over Star Wars. Simpsons. I can speak in Simpsons quotes with friends. I can talk pro wrestling. I can I can break down an episode of Game of Thrones by only using uh, wrestling terms with some of my friends. But sports 
has so much history once you plug in, once you become more than just a casual observer, that it gives you a shared dialogue, a shared community, and a shared language. And you can sit and talk. I once had a, a, a friend who was in his 80s at my old job, and I used he was a volunteer at the LAPD uh, volunteer station or Wilshire division. And uh, uh, I'd sit there and talk with him every Tuesday. And we had a lot to talk about, but nothing more than when he said in 1942, he played third base for his college team and was scouted by Buzzy Bavese by the Brooklyn Dodgers. And immediately I could dive into that conversation with him. And we'd talk for a long time. Uh, about uh, what it was like to play baseball in the 40s versus me playing baseball uh, uh, in the 90s. And loved those moments. I, I believe he's – I haven't lost contact, and I believe by now uh, that man has passed. And and just to uh, – in, in a span of one sentence, so I played third base. Oh, I, I was a catcher. Oh. And we could talk about it. And then he brings up a reference to a – executive a baseball executive in the 40s and immediately we can have a conversation about that it's that shared community and shared history i'm a new york yankee fan california yankee fan don't ask me why that's a long story i find other yankee fans immediately there's a kinship immediately we know what we've gone through the highs the lows the highs and highs and highs and highs and highs again and some lows uh it's been a fun 20 years as a yankee fan but there were some bad times. Ooh, I was a Yankee fan in the 80s. That's when I started to become a Yankee fan. Uh, but there's that shared that shared uh, joy, that shared history. And that is something that sports brings to you on the surface. And then you start digging in. Number two of the things that I love about sports is the drama, the entertainment. There's been so many times in my uh, adult existence when I know I have, I have some friends who are just so anti-sports. And I get it. I'm not here to convert anybody. But they're so anti-sports that I think they miss out on what it is to have an experience of pure moments of joy, entertainment, and drama, even if it's not a team you're rooting for. Watching a, a Monday night football game where two teams are battling out and one has to come back with a last second drive. The entertainment, the collective shared joy of a stadium rising in, in celebration of a victory. Or moaning in defeat. That is something that uh, you can't find many other places. Occasionally, yeah, there's a movie. We all stand up and cheer. But it's not the same. It's not as real. There's been, uh, I mean, again, going to being a Yankee fan. 1996, when they won the World Series after a long drought, having not won it since 1978, not even appearing in it since 1981. When the Yankees won, I wept. I didn't just cry. I wept. To experience that joy, to watch it, the the pure entertainment, the drama of that series in 1996. That's why I keep coming back to sports. It's just fun. It's just excitement. It's storytelling. Now, sometimes I joke that the NFL uh, massages their storytelling. I don't really think it's fixed. But, eh, sometimes. Different story. Different podcast. But to experience all that, as a Miami Dolphin fan, yes, I'm a Miami Dolphin fan of football, too. To go through the trials and tribulations, one day we'll get to the Super game. One day we will. And the joy I will experience when that happens 
will be something that, uh, quite frankly, is irreplaceable. And so I, I lament when some of my friends just shut down that side. They don't get to experience that, and they, and they, they snark sports. They snark it. Ooh, big deal. Eye rolls. Nah, you're missing out. You're missing out on the pure joy of a down-the-line double to win a game in the bottom of the ninth inning. The drama, the outmaneuvering of coaches and managers bringing in a lefty to face the righty. The shortstop inching a little bit to the left. Oh, you got to get into that stuff. It's so fun. There's a great essay by George Will in one of his books. He's a great sports fan. And uh, he writes this essay uh, that's detailed. It's every maneuver, every every kind of power play, every bit of strategy, and it stretches out for several, several pages, several, several detailed, tension-filled paragraphs and sentences. And at the end of it, he explains, everything that I've just described happened in a minute and a half in a game between the Orioles and Indians in the 1997 playoffs. That's what I love about it. There's so much there. There's so much excitement, so much drama, so much intrigue. And then you get into human stories. Again, going to the 1996 Yankees, my favorite team. Joe Torrey, never as a player getting to the World Series, taking over as manager, getting his team to the World Series, while his brother Frank Torrey was in the hospital in need of a kidney transplant, not knowing what's going to happen, doing it for his brother. Tears of joy as he wins the World Series and his brother pulls through. That's the kind of stuff. It is the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat for sure. Uh, pro wrestling, being a sports entertainment, I obviously can't deny that, but it is uh, more athletic than you want to believe if you're not a wrestling fan. But what I love about pro wrestling is it's storytelling at its finest. It is storytelling at its most pure. It is truly an art form to do it right. If you don't understand, God bless you. We'll do another show when I try to make you understand. But it creates those moments, those storytelling moments. And sports, the non-entertaining kind, does that on its own so many times. Today's big game has the young upstart quarterback trying to prove his critics wrong. It has the veteran quarterback injured, perhaps in his last game, trying to win as he goes out. It's like John Elway and the Broncos years ago. Elway going out on top. That story. Dan Marino not getting the chance to go out on top. These are, these are stories. The Olympics are so entertaining, especially back in the golden age of the Olympics, uh, late 70s, 80s, into the early 90s. The, the networks that broadcast the Olympics tapped in by the time the 70s rolled around and, and late 60s, tapped into the storytelling of the people competing. It wasn't just about how far you can throw a javelin. It, is, it was the journey to get to that point to throw the javelin for a gold medal. Those are the stories, the human stories. They're all there. The drama, the entertainment, the intrigue, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Uh, Worldwide, ABC's Worldwide Sports, uh, that, that intro stands true today. That's number two. Number one on why I love sports. The thing I love about sports, sports, if I can say it, number one is the life lessons. Let's get deep, kids. Let's get deep. I'm not going to sit here and attack current generations. My generation, the Reality Bites Generation X, was certainly not perfect. Um, but there's 
something to be said about learning life lessons from competitive sports, teamwork, compromise, training, discipline, the drive to win, overcoming losses. I, you may not know this, was actually a pretty successful Little League baseball coach before I moved to Los Angeles. Uh, only two seasons as one as assistant coach, and that team did well. Then a few years later, I took over a team, 22, and I was pretty damn good. I don't say that about myself often, but I was a very good baseball coach. And, man, it was one of my more positive memories because I know I made differences in young lives. I had a, had a kind of an overweight, chubby kid. Had the heart to play. He couldn't do it. He couldn't get hits. So I worked with him. Showed up to practice early with him, taught him little things, taught him to concentrate, focus, train, and above all, believe in himself, and then he started getting hits. I don't know what happened to that kid, um, but I know his father said, you affected him. You made him succeed, but it wasn't about the succeeding that was great. It was the path to succeeding that was the lesson. Another kid on my team um, was the star athlete. He was the one who could do no wrong. And he, that sometimes can, can create a monstrous situation. But by working with him, and his parents did such a great job. They were a, a sports-crazy family. They had a lot of kids, and they were all athletes, all good athletes. But their parents drilled humbleness into them. And so this kid... I don't think he ever went on to play professional sports, but I remember saying to him at the end of the season, he's a 10-year-old kid, and I, I wrote personalized letters to all my players at the end of the season with the kind of recapping the season with the stats and all that fun stuff, but also what they brought to the team as an individual, as a person. And this kid, Andrew, I remember, I said, it is your humble nature and you're willing to lift up your teammates even though you were the star player. Never afraid. Sometimes I actually sat him down on the bench one time to give, uh, for, for a couple of innings, to give another kid of lesser talent a chance to start a game. And he didn't complain. He did it, and he cheered everyone on. I said, you will succeed in life regardless of whether you go on to play Major League Baseball or any professional sports. You will succeed because you have exhibited the traits that will make a good person. You've put it into your sports. And those, those were uh, words that I think he took to heart. And his father sat there reading the letter crying. That all came from sports, just little simple little league baseball. I don't believe in participation trophies. I'm so sorry. I don't believe that everyone should get rewarded. Sometimes you fail, and there is a great lesson to be learned in the failure. Uh, I told my team at the beginning of the season, we're going to have fun, we're going to learn the game of baseball, and we're going to win because winning is part of learning. But we're going to lose too, too. But we're going to have fun doing it, but we're going to take it serious. I'm not one of those win-at-all-costs, throw-a-chair coaches. I was quite calm. And uh, again, at 22, and parents came up to me after the season. They said, you know, one of them, uh, a guy named John, who was my scorekeeper, he said, this is the first year I haven't been thrown out of a game as a parent. It's the first year I haven't screamed at an, as, at an umpire as a parent. It's because every time I wanted to, I'd look at you in the dugout, your arms folded, Staring out of the field, calm and collected, because I learned that lesson from you. Another kid got called out on three strikes, took all of them looking. The last strike, the third strike, 
was a little low, admittedly. He came back to the dugout, threw his helmet, yelling at the umpire, nine, ten-year-old kid. And I didn't yell and scream at the umpire, for sure. And the pitch was low. Pulled this kid aside, calmly looked at him and said, hey, man, you're right. That third strike was a little low, but you didn't even swing at it. It was close enough to take a hack. But what I want to know is how come you let the first two by? That's your fault, not the umpire's fault. Look to you first. Look how you can change and succeed better next time. Heavy stuff for a 9- or 10-year-old kid, but he got it. There's something to be said about learning to lose. There's something to be said about getting a setback and knowing what you have to do to get better, to make it better, and putting yourself in a position to win next time. That is really, truly a life lesson. So I'm definitely one of those people that rolls his eyes and scoffs at the participation trophy mentality. Everybody gets something just for being here. That's not the way it is. That's not the way life works. Never has and never will. And I'm not talking about fostering a win-it-all-cost mentality. That can certainly be a byproduct of this. But what I'm saying is cultivate the mentality of trying to win. Knowing what it takes to win. Knowing what it takes to succeed. And the hard work that goes into it. Those are simple building blocks, blocks of a successful life. Not just a sports uh, mentality, not just about a winning team. And that is what I think sports, competitive sports, especially the team sports, especially baseball. Those are the things that sports can teach. And they're valuable. And I don't think it's a coincidence, and I'll say it, that a lot of my never played sports, never watched sports, nerd-based friends, God, I love them. But they all have a... Uh, they all have that mentality of they all have that mentality of uh, we all should win just for being here. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. There are lessons in sports. You should learn them. You should try just once. Get in that cage. Take a rip. That's life. Find a way to win. I'm gonna. Pack up my chips, grab some salsa, go get some beer, and head over to my friend Roger's house to watch the game. The big game. The superest of bowls. We don't know what will happen. It'll be fun. And I'll have all this stuff. The thrill of victory. The agony defeat. And some good, good hot dogs, probably. That's another good thing about sports. Hot dogs. Particularly baseball. That is that. This has been a different episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you don't hate me if you only like Batman and don't like Derek Jeter. And I hope you don't hate me if you're a Red Sox fan, because I don't hate you. Well, okay, kind of. 10% I hate you if you're a Red Sox fan, but I'll always try to love you. Uh, that has been three things. You can always hashtag three things, the number three in things, if you want to join the conversation, talk about lessons you've learned from sports, or uh, call me a crazy, mean, bully jock, which clearly I'm not. Till next time, I'm Ken Apsock. Go out, take a hack, take a swing, 
try to get on base.